London is no stranger to the fog, but rather than roll in, this mist seemed to rise, thick and slow, devouring the dark alleys of Whitechapel from the bottom up. Whitechapel Dark Mist, a Cthulhu by Gaslight Mystery. So when we left off, Rosalie Harper had been getting medical attention at a barbershop where they patched her up quite nicely. She got a few hit points back. But while she was under sedation from a chloroform-filled rag put over her face, she had the strangest of dreams where she was plummeting through different strange landscapes, outer space, the future. Um, and it was quite the adventure for her. In the meantime, Josephus Carter had made it to the docks in the Speedwagon building, gathered a couple other Torino toughs, and headed back to the cemetery. They'd gotten into the crypt and down into the hole and discovered that the bodies of the weird creatures that attacked him before had been removed, but it seemed like it had just been very recent based on a great tracking role and uh, looking at the scuff marks. I almost said skid marks, but that's a whole different <laughs> visual uh, in the dirt and have tracked, have followed those trails through a pretty tight tunnel that runs from the crypt, the mausoleum, to um, the large cavern like room, probably 30 feet across. Vaguely roundish, but you know, rocky and weird, uneven walls. And you remember from the last time that there was a corridor that kind of was northeast and one that was kind of southeast, um, and you know, west, of course, that heads you back towards the, the mausoleum and the crypt. So, uh, the track marks go right through the center of the room and head towards the northeast tunnel. Going to point towards the northeast tunnel and say, that's our ticket, boys. Let's keep going. Okay. Um, let me have, please, a listen roll. That is an O2 compared to a 40, which is an extreme success. Okay. You're on the other side of the cavern, and you needed this extreme success because back from the way you came, you swear you just heard a loud thump of something hitting the ground. Do Darren and Irish hear it as well? Give me one roll for the both of them, and let's um, give them the same listen skill you got. They probably built similarly to you as far as occupation-wise, so, yeah. A 90. <laughs> they have no nope. idea. <clears throat> I mean, th remember, that this is a 30-foot cavern. You're headed towards the opposite side tunnel. There was about 30 yards of that first tunnel. So it's, uh, you know, 120, 150 feet away. Um, but it's a hit. straight shot? 
not quite straight, right? So the the hole in the in the uh, mausoleum, it's a, the tunnel from there is straight ish to the cavern. In the cavern, you can either veer off to the right or veer off to the left. The the left was taking you to the northeast tunnel, so you started to head that way. So the sound came from back in the the mausoleum area down and so you heard it echoing or, or traveling through that tunnel does that make sense i feel like i probably it does way too long to answer that question uh i'm going to turn around and i will pause for a second do i hear anything else you had an extreme success uh, yeah, you hear some voices, can't tell what they're saying, and you think you hear the footsteps of folks walking away, and then the grinding of the crypt door being closed. Okay. You're not real concerned about the crypt door. You know, you guys were able to, with a lever, put some oomph to it, the two of you, and get it to open. And you've got two Torino Tufts with you. So you're not like, oh my God, we've been trapped in here. Joseph is this kind of torn here because on the one hand, he is very curious to know who's been dropping bodies and why. And on the other hand, he knows he needs the body of the weird thing to prove to Reggie that something is going on here. Right. You're at a crossroads, and this crossroads look like a big underground cavern. I think Josephus is a one-thing-at-a-time kind of guy. He perceives that whatever threat might have been coming from behind is no longer there. So he is going to keep pressing forward. And after a minute of thinking about it, he's going to pull out his penny farthing, flip it one time, not even look at it, put it back in his pocket and start pressing on in the tunnel. Okay. <clears throat> so... As I said, the tracks were, were pretty fresh, even somebody without a track skill. Now that the track skill has been used to identify these tracks, it's pretty easy to follow. Um, so it goes up in the northeast tunnel, uh, a tunnel very similar to, to the other one, right? Just enough, just tall enough that, I don't know, Darren Scott's kind of a tall guy. He might have to stoop over a little bit, and this, the width of it is pretty tight, so it's one at a time um, going through these, just like the other tunnel that you went down. Uh, and after a while, you start to see some, you know, branches off. Like uh, You could go left or right. Um, there's branches on the left side, branches on the right side. It starts to kind of look almost, you know, what you'd imagine it looks like in an anthill, right? Just a, a bunch of little tunnels. 
you have the benefit of these scrape marks on here. So sometimes you take a left branch and sometimes you take a right branch and sometimes there's a little bit of a, a you know, slope downwards um, to these things. So um, you're able to follow these tracks and you've probably been doing so for you know, five or 10 minutes. And um, compared to my knowledge of the area, would it seem like we have gone as far underground as I would have gone above ground in the amount of time I was gone above ground? Well, let me give you this answer, and, and you tell me if it gets to your question. Based on how far you've walked and the directions you've taken, you're pretty sure you're not underneath the cemetery anymore. Okay. That this labyrinth of tunnels extends beyond the cemetery out into the undergrounds of Whitechapel. Are the tracks still trackable? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, back. The more you go, the fresher they seem. So I'm going to keep following them. Okay. You need a listen roll. And uh, you could do it for the other guys at and their their target would be five less than whatever your listeners. is. They rolled a 75 against a 35. Good thing these guys are armed and strong because they're not here for their brains. No, apparently not. <laughs> I rolled a 46. You guys follow it, and then the... Um, the, the tracks that you're following take a, a left branch and you walk down that left branch and uh, give me a dexterity roll, please. Just one? Yeah. Oh, who's in front? Still a kid, Irish. Right? Make, uh, make Irish do it and give him the same dex as you. I think I'm only going to take stuff off for what's your dex. Mine was a 95 compared to a 69. His was a 54. On a, against a 69. Nice. Um, so you guys... So tell me the order of things. So it, it's Irish, then you, then... Um, Darren. Darren. Um, you walk straight into Irish's back. Like, he just stopped out of nowhere. When you took the left branch of this particular tunnel that you were in... Um, after about five or seven feet, it opens up into a room and he was able to stop himself before going into the room. And looking over his shoulder, you can see there's probably a dozen or more of these creatures that you fought earlier um, scampering about the room. In the middle of the room, there is kind of this raised area if it was actual furniture you would call it a table but it's really just how they dug out the ground they left this thing and, and those bodies of their fallen comrades are are laying there um, and there seems to be some brouhaha among the rest of them <laughs> brouhaha uh, yeah um, give me a Spot hidden roll. I think that's good. Are you bad at spot hidden? 
I don't think so. Okay. I think I learned my lesson about that in the last <laughs> campaign. Nah, I'm 60. Not oh, bad. That's pretty good. I rolled an 03 no, extreme success. Okay. So here's what you see. First of all, you see that it's a damn good thing that Irish spotted it and was able to dexterously stop himself from just walking straight into this room. Um, there are occasionally one of these creatures kind of running up to the table and like attempting to snatch pieces or bites out of the dead creatures. Uh, also in the room, you had a regular success or extreme extreme success. Um, uh, also in the room, you see bones laying about the place. Um, you remember your first time in here, you got, you found the, the torn clothing of, uh, what was his name? Weasel. Remember? I was about to say possum, but it yeah, was weasel. It was a good old weasel pike. Um, so you see bones in there that um, have been picked clean. But there's a bit of a struggle in this room right now of some of the creatures just, I don't care if that was old Billy, we're going to eat him. And some of the creatures apparently are trying to, like, you know, just chill everybody down. Hold on, we'll do this in an orderly fashion. You get a leg, you get an arm, that kind of thing. Um, and the one that seems to be trying to add some order to all of this is the one who looks vaguely more human-like than the rest of them. But the one I spoke to earlier. Yes. And like I said... At least a dozen of them in here. Did we establish how many shells I had? What kind of gun was it? A 12-gauge pump shotgun. That holds five. That holds you five. You filled it back up after the shooting, so you had shot three shots. Um, a case of them is 24, so I would think you probably, if you're taking your shotgun with you, you've got at least a small box of shells, so 24. You've shot three. That's 21. Five of them are in the gun. 16 of them are still in the box. How's that sound? Sounds good. And I do think this is something that Josephus, with his background, has made an attempt with that good sight roll to count heads and start thinking about how much ammo he has. Mm -hmm. And... And Josephus can decide whether or not those shells are in the box or if he's got them conveniently put in pockets of his overcoat or whatever. You, know, you don't have to be carrying around a box, is what I'm saying. You have that many shells. I would think with the ease of how I reloaded earlier, they're probably just kind of loose in a pocket. On the right side of your coat to make loading easiest. Yeah, you're experienced at all this stuff. So, Yep, so... Uh, Irish has has a, a blackjack, just kind of a small, maybe eight to ten inch long like cud a billy, cudgel. Like right? a billy club almost? Almost, but a little smaller than that. Um, Thank you for clarifying because I had no idea what a blackjack was. You keep saying it. I was like, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. 
No, I appreciate it. Yes. Sometimes I got like a weighted end that swings a little freer from the rest of it so that you can get a little pop with it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Mm. You can find the Percentile Vice uh, merch blackjacks on our website. <laughs> you will not find any weapons on our website. So we might put it on a coffee mug. Yeah. You know, well, a coffee mug, this is this is a blackjack. Mallory's weapon is on our website. I stand corrected. <laughs> stand and corrected. I'm pretty sure I told you not to correct me in front of our viewers. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it was just less than an hour ago. So anyway, that's the situation. Uh, you do know that Scott, Darren Scott has a 38, um, probably holds six bullets as a revolver. Um, and you could probably guess that he has some extra bullets on him somewhere because he trained up and grew up kind of like you did. I'm going to uh, grab Irish by the shoulder and sort of wedge myself so that we're sort of even in the tunnel, kind of pull him back into the tunnel. And I'm going to lean in and very quietly, just so he can hear me. He being Irish. Irish. I'm going to say, Irish, give me a spud. Um, there is, you can see on his face that there is about to be a, uh, angry retort from him, like, screw you and your, you know, Irish hate, uh, when he realizes he probably has to hold that in and it's killing him to hold it in. But does he hand me a spud? He doesn't have one to hand you. You said earlier that he had a sack of tears. He was joking. Really? He did. <laughs> he did. Uh, unfortunately, you made him hold the lantern, and so he dropped he the spectators back at the uh, entrance. I'm not calling him Irish anymore, then. <laughs> That's potatoes. He's nothing. Okay. Um, let's swap out the spud. Did you build your whole plan around this potato? I did. <laughs> you really thought this, this investigator or a guy was carrying around a sack of potatoes? I, I figured being a cop, I probably would have planted some on him. If you're playing um, Whitechapel Darkness Bingo, you can check off both uh, uh, nationalistic stereotypes and uh, cop humor. (laughs) Yell bingo when you get it. So I'm going to whisper to him, keep the light on as much as you can. And is there like a dirt clod or something at my feet? Absolutely. If there's not, you can probably reach up to the wall and just grab off a chunk so i'm going to take with my left hand still around the pump of the shotgun i'm gonna reach down and grab a chunk of something and the closest one to me i'm going to attempt to bean him okay give me a throw roll oh no that's base 20 percent 39. You miss him. Man, the clod, you know, travels through there a little bit, lands, and uh, probably bounces once and, and hits a different one on the leg. I'm getting back ready to squeeze the trigger and leveling it. 
How far away from the uh, opening are you? Right, right in the opening. You're right there. If I back up, I'm covered on two sides. Okay, so you actually have stepped into this the room. I haven't stepped into the room, but, you know, in the actual door, like, you still have a little bit of... Sure. Okay. So, I mean, if you reach left and you reach right, you would touch tunnel walls. Yes. Not in, but you can see into the room. Okay. Um, so, the one that got hit on the leg with the Nurkod um, turns and uh, snarls at the one that you tried to hit. And a little bit of a fracas ensues. You can tell that they're not really interested in going at it to the death, but um, there's a couple clawed hand swipes at each other and some gnarled warnings given back and forth. Mostly they're interested in feeding. Very hyena-esque. Can I... I want to look around... I'm, now that I'm seeing they're not really paying any attention to me, I'm going to peep into the tunnel, the room, I guess. I want to see if I can see any exits. Yeah, give me a spot hidden roll. Zero seven compared to 60, another extreme success. Okay, you notice that there are several tunnels off of this room that just go off into more of this labyrinth stuff, you would assume. Um, while, while you're doing this, um, the one that you've encountered before and spoke with is, is, is fighting a losing battle. <clears throat> and, and the surge of this other dozen or so of these creatures towards these bodies is becoming more than he can hold off. Um, you can hear him saying things, talking in that very guttural human language voice. Um, not sure how much the rest of them can hear it, but eventually it just, it breaks and a swarm of them swarm these two bodies and it is just this wild feeding frenzy as they tear into their own kind, ripping off large bits of flesh and gulping them down in huge like throat opening, no chew, just like snatching off a bit and their head goes up almost like in a wolf howl kind of thing. And then they just, and then blood is splatting everywhere in this total feeding frenzy. And I need, a sanity roll for me. Sick. 98. Okay. So, um... That is not a pass. No, it is not. No, it's not. And my base is 45, if that counts for anything. I don't think that rule applies to... It might, but, um... I just want to check on what <clears throat> what the sanity loss is for just seeing a ghoul, and then I'm going to adjust that based on the circumstances here. Okay. 
Um, just seeing a ghoul is 1d6. I'm going to make that a 1d8 because of the number of ghouls and the activities. <laughs> I mean, you've previously seen a ghoul. Damn, I let it out that it's a ghouls, huh? Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, but this I can is, edit this that is, part out. This is gross. I don't care. Leave it in there because this way I don't have to worry about keeping saying the creatures. The thing. <clears throat> These ghouls. Are, are going freaking out, and it is a gross scene. There are intros being thrown up into the air, and they're not even hitting the ground before one of the other ones leaps like a dog and catches the intestines in the air. It's just, it's a bloody freaking mess and a feeding, feeding frenzy, so 1d8 of sanity's loss. It was Pandelirium. It's a one. Well, you got off lucky. Oh, lucky. <clears throat> I get a D6, roll a 6. He gets a D8, rolls a 1. Give me sanity roll for, I'm going to say Sean, but not Darren. He's still behind the two of you. What's so happening? he can hear what's going on, but I don't think he's getting a scene. But, but Irish, he got an eyeful. So give me a sanity roll uh, on Irish. He rolled an 18. He took my good roll. Wow. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, okay. He stomaching this very well, um, but not real happy about what he's seeing. In fact, completely saying without going a little freaked out on this, um, you can sense, feel him stepping back away from this down the tunnel. Not like running, but just, you know, edging back a little bit. Like, what the? I'm going to tap him and tap Darren and sort of whisper. Well, not even like full whisper, but say, hey, move out. All right. <clears throat> so you guys are going to head back down. So give me stealth rolls. Do -do -do -do. Just one for, for the group of you. But, uh, yeah, that's too cruel. Just give me a stealth roll based on your stuff. You thought about it. <laughs> I don't think, considering the amount of noise and the seeming preoccupation, I don't think we're worried. I don't think Josephus is worried about them hearing. Yeah, you know, I love that. That's a really good... Good reason. Summary and reasoning of this. I was thinking of giving you a penalty dice because there were the three of you. But after all that, I think I would give you a bonus dice because of their preoccupation. It would take a lot to pull these ghouls. What I'm saying dinner. is I don't think it crossed our minds to try to do this stuff. Fair enough. Go. You're uh, you just walking? You're running? We're walking. Okay. Um, so... Make me a track roll with a bonus dice. Um, you guys have walked over these drag marks and everything, and there's been quite a lot of branches that you've taken as you go through here. Oh, no. In <laughs> O2, which is Hell an yeah. extreme success. Dude, you you uh, you push by, past Follow these other guys, place. grab the... Uh, you don't have to do this, but in my mind, you kind of snatch the the lantern from 
from Irish, and you just take the lead, like certain you know your way out here, and like with complete accuracy, follow your your path through the many twists and turns and turnoffs. I think that's a good trade-off for not trying to be quiet, just thinking we'll do it quick enough that they'll still be noshing by the time they get anywhere near us. All right, um, so, uh, yeah, you're making your way down the thing. Give me a listen roll, and you can roll it for all three of you, but those two will have a skill five less than yours. I made a 24 against a 40, and they rolled a 74 against a 35. So that 24 is a normal success, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. You're not sure, but you think you might hear a single set of steps from behind you. But you're not sure. It could be just uh, Irish and Darren. Is there an opening coming up? Like yeah, you're about to get to that main cavern, the first big round cavern room. We're about to get to there. When we hit the main cavern, I am going to pull Darren and Irish to the south as though we were going to go in the other right. tunnel. Right, so there's three tunnels, right? You're coming out of the northeast tunnel. There is the southeast tunnel and the west tunnel, which takes you back out of this whole place, and you're going to kind of duck into the southeast tunnel? No. Okay. I'm going to pull them to the south. Mm -hmm. I'm going to position Darren up against the back wall and tell him to ready his pistol. And I'm going to get just outside of the doorway. Like when something comes through that door, I'm ready to pull the trigger. Okay. So you've kind of set up a little ambush in this cavern. And um, yeah, sure enough, uh, maybe a minute and a half, maybe less after you guys get in there. Um, kind of loping into the room, you know, a little bit hunched over. Sometimes his, his hands are hitting the ground as, as part of it. Sometimes they're not. Uh, comes the one that you've seen and talked to before. And this time, that those human characteristics you could still see in him are a little fainter. And there is blood all over his face and in, in that moment you realize when it went frenzy he went along with it too but something broke him out of that but it is that one looking a little less human uh, at least for the moment right he's kind of you can tell he's in this fervor uh, but he much he, he, he lopes into the room uh, I set on the west tunnel um clueless to your presence and even existence at this point so what would you like to do i absolutely pull the trigger okay so give me a shooting roll i guess that would be a firearms you're with a shotgun right yeah i'm spending 13 luck to make it a hit or to, to make, make it, it like a, a hit 
Oh, a better one. Okay. Um, based on the circumstances, you know, normally when there's a shot like that, then the defender has an opportunity to dive out of the way. He had no idea you were there, so I'm not giving him that opportunity to dive out of the way. So, roll your damage. Point blank. Um, so you were just inside the opening, standing off to the side, waiting for somebody to come through. Yeah, point blank. How do combat in Cthulhu? So we little. Hit me 2d6. We do combat so little. Eleven. Total mind blank. Like, <laughs> Eleven for what? For what? <laughs> Dead. Oh, yeah, I remember. The thing I asked for. The majority of your blast just slams into his side, and and his his loping run turns into this roll. Right? It's blasted sideways and rolls and slams up against the cavern wall um, and then starts trying to get up. I need a sanity roll for Darren. This is the first time he's seen one of these things. Go back to the blue dice that I've been using for them. 56. What is your sanity? 45 wait 44 current okay um yeah so give me a 1d6 for sanity loss for darren four four okay um darren screams his scream is almost as loud as the reverberating echo of this shotgun blast and that just about deafened everybody in this room it's 30 foot wide but it is all very enclosed earth right um, so loud bang big flash of, of light the the ghoul tumbling up against the wall Darren is screamed out for a minute gathers himself um, and, and pulls his gun up and shoots Roll a shot for Darren. Firearms, a handgun, and let's say he's got a 40 skill in that, please. 30, even. Okay. Um, yeah. Again, I'm not giving this creature a dive out of the roll away roll because circumstances. Um, so roll that beautiful bean damage. Do you know off the top of your head what the damage is on a 38? I don't, but I, I got conveniently a, marked it. A 32 it is a 1d8. I think a 38 would be like 1d6. 32's a little bit. Wow. Wow. A 38 revolver? There's a 1d10, but his range is only 15 yards. That's 45 feet. This is a 30-foot room. He's not that far away from him. So, yeah. So 1d10. Six. So after recovering from his scream, he puts a bullet 
right into the forehead as of the school as he's trying to get up off the ground from the shotgun blast uh, right between the eyes and the ghoul slumps to the ground dead and you guys your ears are ringing again from a second loud sh- um, gunshot in here I'm going to take a second and readjust my eyes and as soon as the flash is gone and the room sort of starts reverting to normal, I'm going to replace that shell. Okay. Do I hear anything, see anything? Um, I will let you make a listen roll, but with a penalty dice right now because your ears are ringing from the shots that have happened. That's a fail either way, 95 or 45. Yeah, um, yeah. right now, you know that that feeling when you've heard something loud and it almost feels like your ears are clogged up and you're, you're on a plane or something? That that feeling, that's where your ears are at right now. So you, you strain to listen, but... It sounds like I'm it. underwater and mm-hmm. there's bells. Yeah, exactly, that's a much better explanation of it. So I'm not hearing anything... I'm going to tap Irish, and being as how my ears are fudged up, I'm going to pretty much yell at him. Okay, we need to grab him and carry him out. You know how, like, if you have headphones on, you say way too loud. And I'm going to run over, and I'm going to keep one hand on the shotgun, but I'm going to try to start like throwing the guy, the ghoul guy, over my shoulder. Yeah, if you're going to hold on to the shotgun, you're definitely going to need Irish's help um, getting this body out. But I could see where you guys would, you know, throw one of his arms over each of your shoulders and, and kind of drag him out of there. Yeah. That was my intention. Mm-hmm. Like the six-legged race, I guess, you know. Yep. Um, Dar- so you're having Irish do that. Darren um, is like just staring at the tunnel that the ghoul just came out of. Still got his gun up at the ready. Um, you know, he took a little bit of sanity damage, not enough for him to go off the rails, but he's a little shaky in his boots. And Josephus figured he would be too freaked out to try to help touch the thing. So. Yep. And the only reason I'm not having another sanity roll for for Sean McGee, Irish, is because he saw the full display of the feeding frenzy and made a successful sanity roll. Compared to that, this shooting nothing. this guy and he's dead, nothing. He's like, now, there's still this look in Irish's eyes like, what the hell is this? And is this even possible kind of thing? But he's got his composure. He'd rather not be here. Probably would rather not have half of a dead ghoul strapped across to his shoulders with you. But he's hanging in. He's had worse Mondays. Yeah. So heading out the west tunnel towards the exit? As fast as possible. Yeah. Um, so you're dragging a pretty large creature. Heavy. Um, but... Yeah, you make your way there. Darren 
is kind of like stepping, it sidesteps its first and then walking backwards following you guys because he is not taking his eye off of the tunnel um, that the ghoul came through. So you get into the west tunnel. Probably at that point, maybe he's willing to turn around uh, and, and walk by you. So the two of you guys, you and Irish, kind of have to crab walk through this tunnel. It's not big enough to go three wide. It's not big enough to go two wide. So essentially you have to walk sideways with you, the dead ghoul, Irish, sidestepping your way down the tunnel. And when you get to the end of the tunnel, uh, it's partially blocked by a body. Um, and I need you to give me a spot-hidden roll. Uh, even on a failure, there's going to be some things that you see, but I want to know what degree of success you get on the spot-hidden because certain things... Regular success, 44 on a 60. Okay. The room is dark because the crypt door has been closed, but you've got the lantern, right? And when you bump into something, you probably find a way to have somebody in my head since you had a shotgun and a, and a ghoul on either side of you that... Irish was probably holding the, the lantern. Yeah. Um, so you get it from him. He passes it up to you. You shine your light into the coffin-shaped hole that is the entrance to this whole labyrinth. Uh, and there's the body of a man. It appears that every bone in his body has been broken. There are several places where there are just compound fractures and the bone is jutting out of his skin. There are other places where it's not jutting out, but you can tell it's broken because of the way his chest is caved in or the side of his skull is, is caved in. There's blood involved here, but just a quick look up and down, and it doesn't appear any portion of him has not been broken. I mean, if you look at the legs, they're cocked off at weird angles. There's bones sticking out. You look at the arms, they're laying in positions that bones would not allow. Some of them are sticking out. His chest has been crushed in on one side. His head, his facial bones and the orbitals and everything, all of it has been crushed in at some point. But what you can tell is this very crushed face is that of Jacko. The gentleman you saw snatched by the fog outside of the Copper Lion. After we had that altercation with him. Right. He uh, met you in the alley when you first saw the body. Um, I think you told him to go fuck himself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Vaguely remember that. Yeah, something like that, but... Jacko was the fifth missing person uh, in the last few weeks. Jacko's body is laying there completely crushed. I'm going to... He 
sees it, he recognizes it, and he gives a thick, like, audible kind of groan, grunt, sigh. What's going through your mind right now? What, what's, what were the, what's the thoughts and emotions behind that grunt, groan? Because I'm trying to figure out, is it like, holy shit, now I got two bodies to carry, or if there's some remorse in there, or? Why, why the fuck did I tell him to fuck off? I wish those weren't our last words. I thought I wish I'd told him what I really felt about him. There's no <laughs> real remorse, but what he is thinking is, I have this body. Sorry, baby. You said what a crushing disappointment. <laughs> it was just funny. It's a good one. Oh, snap. People were trying to be serious. <laughs> Jesus. So I have this one heavy body that I need to get out to prove my point. Josephus, with his background as investigator and providing security, knows that we're probably going to be followed at some point. Right, you'd like to have both of these bodies, but you also have a time constraint here. We'd like to have both of these bodies. There's a time constraint, and there's an element of danger in crawling my fat butt up there with this heavy-ass ghoul that we have to have. Josephus knows that he has to tell Darren to drag this body a little ways back because he knows once they find this body, they're not going to be worried about us anymore for the five minutes it takes for them to have a feeding frenzy. They're going to fight each other, especially in these small corridors. It's going to buy enough time for us to get this one out and we can get it to Reginald and possibly come back with actual manpower and get this place cleared because I kind of intended to clear it when I thought it was just this one. And once we got down there and there were dozens Discretion okay. is the better part of valor, so let's just get on. That's a real growth moment for you. Okay. Discretion being the better part of valor. Uh, all right, so let's let's hold that scene for just a second. Um, you know, we were on different timelines here, right? Because although we went through yours pretty quickly, that was probably a couple hours worth of time as oh. they sedated you and patched you up. Then the sedation wore off. You woke up and everything. So. Um, we're probably at about an equal point in time here. You are at the street where the barbershop was, which was about halfway to the, the speed wagon offices. So um, you're not far away from the cemetery. Um, not to say that you have to go to the cemetery, but I'm just giving you an idea where you are a couple blocks south and you're going to be at the docks a couple blocks northeast is you're going to be back at the cemetery or you could head home and nobody would think lesser of you what is rosalie doing rosalie is going to go find joseph josephus at the cemetery josephus yeah what did you do oh god so, um, as, as you get to um, the cemetery, it is it is pretty dark now. There's a little bit of moonlight shining through the clouds, 
but they're not. It's not helping a lot because all that is doing is illuminating the fog, right? So it's actually making the fog wider and brighter, so it's more obstructive to your vision. Kind of like when you you know try to put your head your your high beams on right in the fog. It's like, oh, that was a bad idea. That helped so none. It's about there. So it's really dark outside. A lot of fog, and you get there. Um, as you're approaching, when you're about 50 yards away, uh, you can just see through the fog um, the form of two bodies. Uh, they're either wearing, like, white overcoats or it's just the damp fog. Yeah. Um, but you see them moving away um, pretty quickly from the crypt. You notice that the crypt door is now closed. You might... Uh, well, give me a listen roll. I was so entertained by the story. You scared me with the roll. 86, I failed. Okay. Um, there's some sounds going around. Maybe it was some discussion between the two of them, and maybe it was just an owl hooting somewhere. Hmm, nothing you could tell. So uh, you're about 40 or 50 yards away from the crypt. The crypt door is closed. Um, I'm going to go up to the crypt door. Um, and although I know I can't open it, I'm still going to like push on it because we left it open. I know we left it open. Yeah. Um, you can push on it. It doesn't seem to be budging the, the rake or shovel with the wooden handle that you guys attempted to, you know, use to pry it open before is still propped up against the wall there so you could use that if you'd like to to try um no i'm kind of kind of look around in the darkness and go like mr carter carter are you out here okay so based on your plan josephus <clears throat> what's going to have to happen in order for darren to be able to get up there to move this body back <clears throat> you Sean, Irish, and the dead ghoul are going to kind of have to like tiptoe past this body in this very tight space. It can be done because just last episode, you, Rosalie, and two of these things were in this thing. But you kind of kind of have to like step over the body to give him room to grab it and pull it in. So, um Kind of awkward because you're still carrying the dead body of a ghoul. You guys are still having to kind of work crab-like walking. So it takes a minute to, like, it's like freaking bras going, pivot, pivot. <laughs> it's that awkward situation. But eventually, um, Darren is able to get the body of Jacko, who you may remember was, was a large man himself. Um, so give me a strength roll from Darren. But Darren, I already said, was a large man himself. Jacko is not quite the man he used to be. So uh, make a strength roll with uh, bonus dice for Darren to see if he can pull this body out. Zero five. Danny reaches down with one hand, grabs a protruding collarbone and just snatches Jacko up off the ground and slides him down. Uh, 
probably drags him about five feet down the tunnel and then wedges him around him and tosses him to the east down down the tunnel um, and then comes back out to to join you guys make me a listen roll for you 57 hold on I have to get my character sheet back shouldn't have called it that. <laughs> Reckon second fracking. 57 is a fail. Okay. Um, all right. So the body of Jacko has been cleared. Um, you and Irish are holding a dead ghoul, and Darren is stepping back into the room. Um, need a spot hidden roll from all three of you. Their skill is 5% less than yours. They failed. I passed with a 44 against a 60, so a regular success. So as you guys are maneuvering, three grown men and one really big creature in what is essentially a grave-sized hole, as you're maneuvering in there and moving more towards the west side so that you can crawl up out of this thing, um, the lantern light passes across the ground at one point, and... Um, and because it's so dark in here, it it lights up really well. There's a, a there's a white like rectangular object on the floor. Um, when the light hits it, because it is white, it just like out of the corner of our eye. It just yeah. I'm gonna pick it up. Okay, you are holding a white paper hat. Kind of like the kind you would... See. Nurse hat? Huh? Like a nurse hat? Kind of, but it looks more military, you know, like long... What's that? The Waffle House hat. Yeah, right. Um, and there's some writing on the side of the hat. You would have to make the effort with the, the lantern and... I'm going to put it in my pocket for now. Fair enough. And we're going to try to get... This ghoul hefted up. Cool. Outside the door, Rosalie, what are you doing? Um, I guess I'm going to try to hang around and wait because I guess Carter went somewhere. I mean, the mausoleum shut. I can't get in. I know I can't. He must have gone to get help, but I thought he'd be back by now. It shouldn't take that long, but he said he was coming back here, and this is the one place I know he'll come, so I'm going to wait for him, but I'm going to wait. Sure. Make me a listen roll. Listen. I failed it. Okay. I want to use six points of luck to, luck to succeed. Okay. You hear no voices, but... Some thumping, scraping sounds from inside the crypt. Like right inside the crypt. Um, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> nope. Not for me. I'm going to move myself away from the door. I'm going to find like a large statue kind of thing and kind of. Absolutely. Duck There's a it. large statue or a good headstone or something that you can kind of duck Crouch behind, watch, watch the door. 
back inside. Um, you guys are, with some difficulty and some effort, able to hoist yourselves up out of the hole, get the the body out of the hole with you, get Darren up out of the hole. Um, and, yeah, so you're up there, and now it's just a matter of getting the door open. Um, but give me listen rolls, please. We hear nothing. Okay. Cool. So you guys are going to try to open this door. So from your side, it's a pull in, not a push out. From your side, it's a push in. Um, the whole uh, physics of it probably should have been thought out way back three or four episodes Man. ago when we first opened the door, but that's just what we're going to say. Um, but um, there is, you know, enough of a lip uh, on the door uh, that it wasn't closed completely perfectly that the three of you guys um, can try to open it. So um, make me a strength roll with two bonus dice to represent your two helpers. Helpers. Or three bonus dice, did you? I rolled a 96, uh -huh. a 76, uh -huh. and a 66 against a 35. <laughs> you can tell that there's somebody trying to open the door from the inside. What are you going to do? On a metal level, I want to go help him, but I, <laughs> I think after the nice head, it's like something is trying to get out of mausoleum. That is a big no. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Give me a justification to go help you. <laughs> so give me an uh, intelligence roll. I'm going to use five points of luck to succeed. Okay. So as you're sitting there behind watching this, you knew a couple things, right? Your, your mind is just starting to really clear up from the chloroform. But the plan was that he... Uh, Josephus was going to get some help and coming back to this place, and he was going in there. And you remember he told you, if he doesn't return, get that finger to somebody. Um, putting that together with seeing two guys right before you got there kind of move away from this crypt, uh, you could surmise that somebody else had closed these doors and who is trying to get out is Josephus. But even having that thought, there's still that part of you that is, or it could be those damn things. So there is reason why you might want to see or figure out, but there is also reason why you would hesitate doing so. So after a few minutes of watching them struggle to open the door, realizing that they're probably not going to get out without help, I'm going to very apprehensively with my uh, revolver pulled out, walk up to the door and just... Like, kind of looking at myself and go, shit. Carter! Carter, is that you? You can hear that. Yeah, open up. Oh, thank God. Oh, I'm going to grab the shovel and, like, jam it in there. I was like... So between those three guys pulling on the inside, you using the shovel as leverage, 
uh, and putting your shoulder into it, the door creaks open and you're able to come outside to a very foggy night. It's a lot darker than it was uh, when you went in. And you walk out carrying this dead carcass. Uh, is there anything you'd like to do while we're still right here? Gonna look at her and I'm gonna look at the thing and I'm gonna say, I brought flowers. I'm gonna have a moment where I kind of think I might still be high, you know, and I. What? What did you say? Did she hear the thing earlier? Yeah, she was there when the thing said, um, Yeah. Flowers delivery tonight. Then I'm not going to explain. Myself. It was part of a bargain, right? That you guys struck with him. Like, we're not going to attack, and he wouldn't do anything, but yeah. make sure the flowers delivery tonight. But I don't think I'm making the connection of what flowers you're referring to. So I looked up at him and said, I brought flowers. Yeah. By the way, as he walks out, he has the dead body of a ghoul hung yeah. over his shoulders and a guy who you've never met before. I... What are you going to do with that thing? We're going to take him to Reginald. It's a little better than a finger, I surmise. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is. Who 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 are these people? Irish and Darren. Irish, Darren, it's a pleasure, I guess, to meet you. Um, I have a splitting headache, Carter, and I would really, really just I'd really like to go home. It's been Oh, but I do have something to tell you. Uh you remember they told us about those guys that have like no wrinkles and no hair and no facial expressions. You remember, you remember that? Yeah. The naked guy that the came out of guy. the uh, the alleyway. Yeah. I, I, I saw another one t tonight. Right? But what was crazy was the little bug, uh, Gregory, is that his name? Something? George. 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 Georgie. Georgie was tapping at the glass at him, no matter where I moved. That's what Georgie is trying to get to is one of those things those new kind of people things that's that's what georgie's trying to get at that's what he's leading us to all right well that that will be helpful in the future but for right now there's 12 more flowers down there and I don't trust this door, so let's Okay, let's go. Make tracks. Okay. Um did you want to look at the white object? Not that you're outside. Not here. Okay. All right, well that's where we're gonna stop it for the night. Ooh. Join us again next Tuesday night as we continue this adventure and wonder how our investigators are gonna get the body of a dead ghoul through the streets of London to the police station, which is on almost the polar opposite side of Whitechapel from where they are right now. So you know those, like, 
Victorian era sunglasses. Like they're round and like thick, like Coke bottles and on like wires. Mad scientist glasses. I pull one of those out of my pocket and I just so happen to have some clothes, some spare clothes, and like I put it coat. on the ghoul. And now we're doing weekend at Ghoulies. Okay. I'm done. Yep, Thanks. Yep. We'll cut fun. all that out for anybody who wants to watch this on the video. <laughs> <laughs> man. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We are Percentile Vice. I'm Steve. That's Emily. That's John. We've had a blast tonight. Well, I don't know about those two, but I've had a blast tonight. Thanks for joining us. Uh, remember, we stream Saturdays and Tuesdays. Saturdays is our TTRPG gab. We talk TTRPG topics. And Tuesdays is our actual play. Come join us again. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Weekend at Ghoulies, though. Shut up. <laughs>